What's up, everyone? This is Goldilocks, former TNA backstage interviewer, manager, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line podcast. Thanks for being here. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 167 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Collins Jr. And with me as always is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, it's the go-home show before lockdown 2005. And guess what? We actually know the probably main event for tonight's impact. Because AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy are teaming up to take on Raven and Abyss. Incredible. A match two weeks in the making, and finally we get it. A match two weeks in the making, and then there's a pay-per-view that's about three and a half years in the making because Dallas cannot wait to watch Lockdown 2005. Lockdown 2005 is one of the absolute best, especially when you watch it with no context, because then it's just a fun show. Right, no context is probably big, yeah. Um. Which is how I've watched most of the TNA pay-per-views in my time. I have not seen most impacts leading up to them. At least, at, I mean, until a certain point. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm going to reveal the fact that Dallas suggested that we say that there was an audio problem and that we just skipped this episode to get right to lockdown. And I said, no, Dallas. I can't believe you threw him under the bus like this. We once watched the one-year anniversary show twice. Yeah, we did do that. And that was like... <laughs> That sucked. I mean, <laughs> that's such a bummer. Because the show was like fine, but the fact that we had to do it and be like, "Okay, he's jumping off the cage again," <laughs> like, oh god. Um, last week's episode was not bad lead up, and to the point where I'm a little worried that today's might almost end up being kind of a letdown because I thought it was kind of a perfect go home show last week. Um, but you know. You never know what's going to happen. It's Impact. It's in the Impact Zone at Universal Studios in Orlando, Stage 21. Anything is possible. Well, you know, speaking of last week's episode, the one thing that I wish they kind of did different was um, when Nash broke free, that they fade to black before we saw them run away. I, I bet you that was a missed time. You think so? Either Okay, so it's either a missed time or... um. Someone was supposed to be there, and they weren't. And then he just kind of just broke three to nothing. So, yeah, I there's I think there's some kind of uh, prediction. I agree with that though. It's just like when he was opening the door. Like, what's he gonna do? Yeah. So if he broke free and then they cut away, that would have been pretty good actually. And I, although I say that's a mess up, but this is taped, so like literally they could have just fixed it. So I don't know actually. The tape show that they also still aired. Oh, hey, it's Daniels and Skipper at the pay per view. But by the way, that We're match find out hasn't is, happened yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. So. Of course. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, we can do a quick rundown of last week's episode before we dive into some big holy shit moments, Bob. Some big stuff, uh, news wise, on today's episode. I'm very excited about it. Um, and we will get to that here soon. Uh, so on the April 15th show, we saw Michael Shane, Kid Cash, and Lance Hoyt go over Saban. 
Apollo, and Sonny Zanaki when Cash pinned Apollo after Frog Splash. Um, as noted last week, there was no shocker at the tapings uh, because he had a prior booking in Mexico. And Dave notes that it's going to be hard for him to get any momentum as the next great Hispanic star if he misses three weeks of TV at a time. Which is a pretty fair point. Mm-hmm. Candido came out in a wheelchair from being on the wrong end of the three-on-one attack, uh, particularly since Nash was the one. That was two weeks ago. Um, and then uh, Lawyer Dag- Dagger, uh, it's Daggett, of course, um, Tim Welch, who we we knew the name of and couldn't remember why until he showed up on our screen, left us a, a very nice review. Um, which I hope everyone else uh, would leave us a review wherever you listen to your pod- favorite podcast as well. Um, well, yeah, and that- again, Tim, if you're listening, uh, just yeah. reach out to us because we don't know how to get a hold of you. Yeah. So we'll chat it up. Yeah, let's chat it up. Send Off a- or on the record. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm honestly fine doing either one of those too. Um, then we saw Trinity. Uh, she She had Dusty's autobiography backstage and then she had kind of had a fight with tracy about that um well they plugged that a lot there's another note about it uh bg james and killings uh ron killings defeated team canada's pd williams and a1 um who they they mention is uh alistair ralphs but call him al ralphs um but also called him a1 so they called him a lot of different things um a1 is actually the name he does use for border city wrestling in ontario though mm-hmm. um so He's kind of all over it. So it looks like he's going to be A1 now. He used Alistair Ralphs at the last pay-per-view. But anyway, um, so he says, so the team uh, challenging for the tag belts uh, loses on TV a week before the pay-per-view. That's a really good point that I did not pick up on while we were watching that. But it was announced at the bottom of our screen that America's Most Wanted was fighting Team Canada. Uh, Conan pinned Eric Young with a powerbomb and... Uh, during the taping, they kept teasing dissension with Conan against the other two members of the Three Life crew. And Conan did not come out with James and Killings in their tag match. And he pretty much told them backstage, don't come out during mine. I don't want to get hit with a guitar. So Accidentally get hit by him. Accidentally. Uh, Shane Douglas did an interview with Jeff Hardy and Styles, which essentially was to announce the main event of today's show. And as soon as Styles walks away, Jeff Hardy kind of stands there and he's like, nah. and he turns around and he gets hit very hard in the head with a garbage can by Raven. Uh, just kind of tease more of their tables match coming up at lockdown. Then Jeff Jarrett came out on commentary for the main event. Uh, they Kevin Ash tried to go after him. They had about 15 security guards and Shane Douglas hold them back uh, along with lawyer Daggett. Um, but security held them back. Of course, like I said, uh, the main was Monty Brown and the outlaw going over Waltman and DDP. Um, Jarrett uh, interfered hitting Waltman with a guitar shot, which is how the outlaw pinned him. Uh, and then there was that big brawl that Bob just mentioned backstage. It spilled out to the back. Kevin Nash was seen in the distance being held by security until he broke free. And, well, he didn't really get to do anything after he broke free. No, he just stood around like, what? Yeah. Where did they go? Um, and as I noted, uh, there was – this is a separate note, but um, there was a ton of product placements of Rhodes' new book – uh, the spot where the girls were fighting over it. And at other times, the book was upright at the announcer's desk throughout the show, and Mike Tenay also plugged it um, a few times. So uh, that book was all over that episode. You think it's going to be a New York uh, bestseller? Uh, no, I don't. 
Yeah, it's not. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think of that. Because <clears throat> usually on the book it would say, you know, New York Times bestseller. And it's, Unfortunately, it wasn't. It's not. Um, here's a plot twist for you guys. Uh, this book is about 200 and what, 50 something pages here? Let's see here. And uh, I'm going to make this an audio book right now. Yeah, it's just, just under 250. So I'm going to start reading Dusty's book taking today subject. on air. Okay. 248 pages. So page number one. You're really going to let me do this? You're not going to cut me off and be like... No, we should probably get going because like, we got something really big here to start us okay. off. Well, here we go. Dusty, Reflections of Rustling's American Dream. Okay, so I want to talk uh, about... Um, cop- copyright 2005, 2006, 2012 by Dusty Rhodes and Howard Brody. Uh, let's talk about back Kit cover Cash. Fo- oh, I'm like literally reading even like yeah, that's not the copyright. And I don't like that. Um, we're gonna talk about Kid Cash first. I just, I just can't wait another freaking minute. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I mean, anytime there's Kid Cash, I mean, uh, this is a two-parter and it's a long. Oh one. no, two-parter. <laughs> so good. We can't keep it to just one. Okay, go ahead. It's actually in almost in a way a three-parter, but anyway. Oh, um, so this is uh, from Alvarez uh, first here. So. He notes that um, also out of out of the question now are kids cash kid cash's chances of getting a big push anytime soon. After laying low for several months, he went on the wrestling news live radio show and tore the company a new one. So, get ready. He started off by saying, as usual, that he wasn't being used right, and that TNA bringing in all these has been wrestlers was probably putting them even further into debt. Uh, like Dusty, he was appalled at the thought of TNA bringing in the recently released WWE wrestlers. Um, we will, we're gonna, I'll pause there and say we are going to talk about that Dusty Rhodes interview next, or in the next few minutes. Um, saying that if they were still, if they were so good that they'd still be with WWE. Um, he said that he and a bunch of other TNA wrestlers have been busting their asses the past three years and have been pushed to the side in favor of these other geeks, and because of that, he would no longer be giving a hundred percent. He said he wanted out of his TNA deal so he could go to WWE and be a part of the ECW pay-per-view in June. He said he had already been asked. Uh, he already asked TNA once, and they turned him down. Uh, he said he'd do anything for a WWE deal, and if Vince offered him one, he'd even be willing to go down and start an OVW. That's how bad he wants this. Uh, he claimed that TNA told him that they saw him as an ECW talent, and that's why he'd never be pushed to the very top. He said that there were a lot of guys who had lied to TNA and claimed that they had WWE offers on the table in order to get better deals. D-Ray 3000. I mean, that was... <laughs> courtesy that was of Johnny Thorpe. Yeah, courtesy of Johnny Thorpe. Uh, he said his contract was up in September and he'd try everything so far to get himself released or fired. He said he'd already told... Uh, he'd already told um, that he had no interest in resigning and that they hadn't paid him for merchandise or tape sales and that they lied to him and broke several promises. He said Jarrett was a nice guy and all, but he wasn't a world-class athlete. He wasn't helping TNA ratings, and he was just another WWE or another guy WWE didn't want anymore. He said he had no respect for America's Most Wanted and that they were no good at all. Uh, and then apparently during this interview, yeah, exactly. I, I'd like to, I'll point out that Alvarez and then in my second part here, Dave Meltzer also says like, okay, are you being serious about that? Um, the host did try to defend them, uh, and Cash went on a, vi- a violent, profanity-laced tirade. Um, so that's part one. 
pretty wild stuff here. And I'm going to scroll down here to part number two. Do you, do you think that him saying that AMW is not good is a sign of potential jealousy? Um, I'd say that, or he's just trying to stir the pot because he knows that they're a favorite and like, it, I think it could, it could be bold. Right. And I don't consider it good cash an ECW guy. I mean, give me a break. I mean, he, his his breakthrough with ECW was in 2000, and the company ended in January of 2001. So he was there for a year. Right. Give me That's a fair. So uh, this is Dave Meltzer's note on the same interview. So I'm not going to read the entire thing just because it's pretty much the same stuff. Um, one thing that's different is um, there, and there's the talk of can WWE use TNA wrestlers on the show? Uh, the ECW show, and they, he was told no, but then there's recent developments that TNA actually might allow that to happen if Vince says that they can. Blah, blah, blah. That's probably the biggest difference I'm seeing in the notes here, but the bigger part is actually the beginning. Um, so Kid Cash was back in complaining mode and an audio wrestling.com interview where he said that he would not continue to work for TNA when his contract expired in September. Okay, we know that. Um, after word of the interview got out, though, the company finally got tired of his uh, public complaining, and they fired him. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah. Um, yep. So Kid Cash is fired. That's what he wanted to do. That sucks, because I like him in DNA, but... Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. Um, because... I like Kikesh a lot. Um, so this is a very disappointing time. And I will say, um, so I do believe that last match we just saw on last week's episode was his final TNA match until about uh, 2010. So uh, unfortunately, we're kind of done with seeing Kikesh. Later than that, isn't it? Like 20, it's like a... No, I think it is. To, no, I think I saw 2010. Is it? I'll double For check TNA? right now. I'm gonna do, I'll double check right now. I think I saw 2010. I might be wrong. I looked quick when I looked. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, 2010. Is it like late 2010? Uh, August. Oh, and it's specifically the Hardcore Justice show. That's why. Oh, so okay. It's just like a one-off. Okay. I was going to say, because I literally just reviewed, I'm like almost through August of 2010, and I have not seen him, but I have been watching the pay-per-views. Oh, so okay. that explains that. Yeah, that explains it. And then in 2011, uh, he comes in 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 June, and then kind of continues from there. Okay, yeah, that's what I think. The 20. And he does. He's a couple couple more years up to 2013 here. Uh, although 2013 only features one TV appearance, and the rest are on like TNA one night only shows. Right. Um, and then he actually came back in 2020 as well for a one night only, and then also um, a show on an episode of Impact, which he lost to Moose in one minute. Right. Um, so he's not fully done with TNA or an impact in general, but his, his longest, uh, stint in the company is done, uh, which is pretty unfortunate. Now, I'm sure we will, um, talk about it more, but yeah, I don't think he really appear. Yeah. He doesn't really like appear on TV for WWE till pretty late in the year. Probably not until uh, his contract would have actually expired. I, yeah, I mean, it pretty much is. So let me read this other note, and then we can kind of go back to that quick. Because uh, this is like the part three, I'm saying. Mm -hmm. uh, we got the biggest part out of the way. But 
Um, it's noted here that uh, C.W. Anderson is confirmed for the ECW pay-per-view, and with Kid Cash's release, it's a given that he'll be on the show. Um, of all guys under TNA contract, the only two they actually had any interest in to wrestle on the pay-per-view were Cash and Jerry Lynn. Now, if Raven or Shane Douglas was available, they'd likely be used, or at least Raven, since Douglas kind of has heat with everyone, uh, in some fashion, um, since he was a major part of ECW, but he said he doesn't see much sense in an interest in having either in a match. I, I don't think that they would have ever brought Shane Douglas in. No. Um, I, I think if Raven wasn't under contract, he probably would have been a part of it. I don't see doesn't, why he wouldn't. Doesn't Cash appear at One Night Stand? So... I vaguely feel like I remember him doing like a springboard somersault thing to the floor. He does not wrestle. Right. But I'm saying I think he's still I think he does like a dive or something. Doesn't I'm going to check. That's a good point. Dude, I haven't seen it in so long. I haven't watched and I should. I should watch that more. But I don't. I have not. Um, ECW. What the fuck is this? I don't know. I'm not finding it very easily. I don't think you're... I don't feel like you're wrong, but I guess I just don't remember it. Let's see here. Um, yeah, he was. He was? Yeah. Yeah, he was one of many to interfere in the main event of ECW One Night Stand. Oh, Okay. And then uh, his first outing is on June 19th, 2005, airing of Sunday Night Heat against Tajiri in a tryout. Right. That's an interesting in Bingham event. In Binghamton, dude. Not far. Oh, wow. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, his main TV, he doesn't get on until the – it's a battle royal on the Eddie Guerrero tribute show on SmackDown, November 13th. What? Yeah, because he's got Velocity appearances, but that's his first, like, main show appearance. Oh, wow. And it's in, like, a Cruiserweight Battle Royal. Wow. That surprises me. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And then after that, December 13th, it's literally another month before he's back on, like, a TV show. At all, because there's a Dark Velocity match, and then he's, like, house shows. Right. And then that's it. Then that's all that's all his appearances in 2005. That's so crazy to me. And then in 2006, he's more active, it looks like, at least a little bit. Although it doesn't look like there's a ton of things here, which is crazy because I totally remember him. This was like, like I said, 2005, 2006, some good shit. He defends the Cruiserweight title against Juventud on January 3rd, 2006. And then... March 20th, 2006, is a battle, Money in the Bank, Battle Royal. But he, where does he lose the title? Oh, oh, wait, I missed that one, the Royal Rumble. Royal I mean, Rumble. that's not a TV show, though, but, okay, so he loses the title there. Then he, then he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, okay, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, but to count 11 SmackDowns, like, that's not that much. No. And then that's kind of it. Yeah, it's a relatively short run. His last match in WWE is September 26, 2006. 
Idle Stevens and Casey James defeat the Pitbulls, which is uh, Kid Cash and Jamie Noble. Yeah, I'm just surprised. But then he just has a pretty big indie run, which um, I don't really even recognize many of these names. So, yeah, anyways, the short version is I'm sad to see him go uh, from TNA. He's been uh, one of my favorite parts, especially watching this more. I've become a bigger fan of him. I mean, I liked him him anyways, but. I think he was a standout heel definitely during the asylum for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and some of his matches with AJ are, I think, some of the best that we've seen potentially in the X Division. Amazing Red, too. Amazing Red. Dude, so many good stuff. But. Unfortunately, all good things must come to an end, and uh, Kid Cash's run here in TNA has officially come to an end. Um, I guess since we're kind of talking about ECW, I got another note very briefly uh, I can mention about that, and then we can get into the Dusty Rhodes interview, um, and among other things, before we get into the show. Uh, So Paul Heyman has written a proposed ECW script. Uh, Apparently he's written potentially more than one uh, for the June 12th pay-per-view at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. Um, and we, we obviously keep talking about this and it's kind of what we just mentioned to a, a degree here, but at this point, no final decision has been made uh, regarding, uh, trying to work a deal with, to get TNA contracted talent, um, like Shane Douglas, Raven, Jerry Lynn. And as of this, this is before the firing thing. So it says kid cash most notably, as well as possibly like Chris Candido, um, Heyman wants as many authentic people as possible. And nobody is said to be disagreeing with that on a basic principle. Now, Laurinaitis is still negative on using talent under contract to TNA, and others are leaning along those lines. The final decision hasn't been made by Vince McMahon. Or, oh yeah, hasn't been made yet. And no contact has been made with the TNA office regarding a deal. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, a rating update for you here as I'm scrolling. Uh, Impact on April 8th did a 0.19 in the replay did on the next day did a point two four. Pretty fun stuff. Okay. Pulling the big numbers. Pulling the big numbers. Um Dusty Rhodes interview, man. This is a this is a pretty interesting one. So Dusty Rhodes was on Between the Ropes uh radio on April thirteenth and more than hinted about decisions being made on booking above his head. Uh Rhodes said point blank that TNA needs a better time slot. Uh, he said he was against the eight cages on lockdowns April 24th show and said that Dixie Carter and Jerry Jarrett were the ones who made that decision. He also said that he has no problem taking heat for the idea, though. Uh, he said to challenge WWE, they need the right time slot and the right station. And right now, the pay-per-views can't do the buys they should. He believes TNA is mainly watched by the Internet crowd. He also says when asked about moving to another network, Rhodes said that it uh, has to happen for the company to exist. He said the owners have to put a lot of money into the company for three years, or they have put a lot of money, um, but it can't go on without a new network in the near future. He said when they have a better exposure, they will have its own identity. He said the people to build around are Kevin Nash, DDP, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, who he called a Rick Rude level heel. Uh, he also notes AMW, Dustin, Dustin Rhodes, Bobby Roode, Michael Shane, and Chris Sabin. Uh, when asked about recent releases from WWE, and oh, the only ones really worth noting are Rhino and Matt Hardy, uh, he was far more negative than you'd think. He said that if they brought those guys in, 
the younger guys in the company would get mad, and if and if they were so good, then why would WWE release them? He said they have seven segments per week on Impact, and if they brought those uh, brought in those wrestlers, it would be the younger guys who would lose their TV time and be moved down slots. Now, in an inter- in a later interview, he was more open about Hardy and Rhino and put over their talent, but still repeated that they, if they were brought in, then wrestlers wouldn't like it because it would cost younger guys who have been with the company TV time. Uh, and then even though Kevin Nash has ripped him recently, which we've discussed, uh, he was still putting Nash over. Uh, he put over Jeff, which you kind of have to do. I uh, said the NWA title needs to be established, so why would you change champions now? He acted as though all the uh, heat in the building and the negative reaction to Jeff as champion was good heat because people wanted to see him get beat. Uh, he also he says, but the decision regarding the title is not his. And if it was up to him, then he'd change the talent, but not the talent on top. Uh, the belief is that Rhodes' change of tune over a matter of days was because he found out that Jeff Jarrett was strong on bringing bringing Hardy in as soon as possible to reunite the Hardy boys. So pretty crazy. And now there's actually a, there's kind of a part two about this. Um, Well, it's not the same interview, but the day after this, uh, Dave says it's kind of a sad deal, but on April 14th, uh, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes was on Fox sports radio promoting his book. The host asked him if he ever goes to wrestling matches anymore. Uh, which speaks volumes uh, about both their own preparation and TNA's visibility. Uh, actually, far more uh, for the former, as I can't imagine interviewing a guest who is on TV every week and not even having that knowledge, which is a really great point. Yeah. Um, it at least uh, allowed Rhodes to plug the show, uh, which on a, which is on their own network. Uh, later, a caller brought up being a big fan of uh, Rhodes and seeing his matches and then asked what his son Dustin was doing clearly having no idea TNA existed. Uh, the report was that Rhodes came off good, but it was a sad reality check listening. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that even now people really don't know just who has been in TNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> um, let me see what else I got here for you. Those are the, some of the heavy hitters, though. Um. Oh, Kevin Nash here. Uh, he's actually gotten a movie role in Los Angeles for a month. This is very exciting. Uh, I'm not sure how that affects his appearing on the April 24th pay-per-view and the April 26th for the TV taping, but he did cancel an indie booking on April 15th for Scott Demore in Windsor, Ontario. While some wrestlers were pushing for Nash's booker, believe that or not, the comments last week have kind of changed. Uh, apparently, Mash, Nash made it clear to people that he would take the job, but only with a substantial raise. The feeling of wrestlers we've spoken with uh, was very negative because everyone knows the company is in rough shape with guys shorted on pay of late. The feeling is Nash at $5,000 per show, which means theoretically $15,000 for one night when they do three weeks of television, is the company's highest paid guy, and they need to have a booker who isn't looking for big money unless he, pro- he, unless he first produces results. Well, the last time Kevin Nash was a booker, that did not go well. Yeah, I was pretty surprised to read that. Yeah. Uh, I got one final note here for you, and then we will get into the show. And I do have more to talk about during the show. Um, I don't think it's anything mind-blowing. Actually, I'm not sure about that. No, I don't th- nothing like the Kid Cash thing. Anyways, uh, the third group that we know that TNA is talking to regarding TV is WGN out of Chicago. Uh, WGN. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, WGN has a decent uh, penetration, which is quite the word to use to describe their their reach. But uh, but it's another station that outside of Chicago, nobody watches. Uh, because it's so weak nationally, they're uh, up for any kind of programming that can draw ratings. The impression that we have is WGN will likely give them the best deal, at least when it comes to cost uh, of time or perhaps not paying for time. But from an exposure standpoint, it's probably a step down, even from FSN. Cost savings on TV is not a mindset that they can be in because their exposure level is already too low and cutting back is death. Yeah, well, here's so Fox Sports is at least like a focus nationally. WGN is just a Chicago network. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that'd be smart to go in that direction. No, I don't think so either. Pretty interesting stuff here. Um, I think that is all I have, though, uh, here before we get going on the show. I do have a a very brief um, Billy Gunn interview note that we'll discuss. Um, what else can I, can I teach you with? A couple people who are probably not coming back because they've signed deals elsewhere. Oh, and more. Boy. And more. Not Obviously. coming back. I hate, I hate feeling like a jilted lover. I know. When you guys go somewhere else. I know, me too. It's a disappointment. Um, all right, well, let's get into the April 22nd, 2005 edition of TNA Impact. And it is just two days before lockdown 2005. The approximate runtime for this is 42 minutes and 17 seconds. I'm going to count down from three. And when I say play, that is when we are going to once again cross the line. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. Bob, this is TNA. It's a new face of professional wrestling. Last week. So we're getting that highlight. Here's Jeff Hardy. Um, about to get hit in the head with a trash can again. These are some new, uh, this is new footage here that we're seeing, though. Yep. Of, like, the stars in the back. That's kind of cool. Trash can shot to the face. Jeff, Jeff, are you awake? Jeff. Ooh. That's right. Big main event here tonight. In preparing bang. for lockdown. Hell yeah. This opener sucks. Oh, God, it's so freaking bad. You still have Sabu in there. Yeah, dude, that's what I mean. If they just change that, I might not hate it. I mean, wait, I'm, I'm a hoid. hoid a manic. Or maniac? A hoid yeah, a maniac. Yeah, what the fuck? Are we serious? It's funny because you you can still, like, you see the same people in the crowd for three weeks. Like that guy mm-hmm. with the Ryan Newman shirt. I've yeah. seen three episodes in a row. And always from ringside. Is that David cool. Young's music? Yep, looks like it is. Look at this fucking group right now. 
Oh, it is David boy. Young, Buck Quartermain, and Lex Levat. I can't believe how um, much of regulars Lex Levat and Buck Quartermain have been. Yeah. You know, at some point you would expect them to like maybe win a match to like bring some doubt at some point, but I don't think it's going to happen because they're three fighting life crew. three life crew. All three of them. Must be on better terms this week. Yeah. Still getting rowdy. Still rowdy. Do you know that it calls somebody? I have a funny note about Conan that I I don't know if I was going to share, but since he's coming out, I might as well. Let me find. Let me pull it up here. Um, I went too far. Uh, Conan did an interview. Um. This is after the match. It must have been from a ta- from um, a match in Mexico, um, and was asked a bunch of things about why he's not a, why he's not a big star in the U.S. And they asked him about his TNA gangsta outfits that he doesn't wear in Mexico. Uh, he said he went to the U.S. wearing what he wore in Mexico, and people just didn't care. <laughs> he came over wearing what he would wear in Mexico. His OG outfits, so like that, like early WCW Conan. Oh, yeah, dude, nobody cared about that. Yeah, that's why he switched to the gangsta attire. Yeah. Um, he also does note that he's, uh, his, his hip is so bad that he's going to need a hip replacement. And he can do a lot on it right now if he takes uh, cortisone shots before matches. <laughs> that fucking sucks. <laughs> he doesn't get a hip replacement for a while, doesn't he? Not, I don't think so. He's got to take a cortisone shot in order to have a functioning hip. That sucks. All right. Well, Conan and Levette. Kicking us off here. The six-man tag. A lot of people are bald in this match. Yeah. Um, kind of basic, kind of bouncing off the Mexico things, just since it's right in front of my face. The shocker whole situation where he was booked in Mexico. Yeah. I'm already well. He missed the taping that we're watching still because um, on April 5th because CML had him booked. CMLL had him booked on a house show where he got like a hundred dollars. Oh my god! Just did he take his shoe off again? Did he? Yeah, he did. yeah. It's definitely a sock. Fuck yeah, dude! I love when he takes his shoe off. Killing's now match scoops is all. I'm dragging out. Here comes boom, a boom. hip thrust and power slam. Running power slam on Young. BG James getting involved. For some reason, he went over to punch Levette. Killing to the top rope, and he leg drops. David Young right on the groin. They've been a tag team for over two years. How many tag teams last that long? That's what Tanae says. The majority of them. Spinebuster by David Young. I don't know if you just caught what he just said. He just said it all through the NWA TNA era. So that makes it sound like that era is far past us, which I kind of think it kind of is too. But Wait, what? He said what? It's the NWA TNA era. That's when they were. they went through the whole thing. NWA oh. TNA era. Now, of course, technically, 
they still have the NWA Association, but it's not NWA TNA anymore. It has not really been since we got on Fox Sports Night. Right. Almost, I would say, once pay- weekly pay-per-views in the Asylum stopped, the NWA thing kind of dropped. I want you to name your top right now through this journey so far in TNA. I want you to name your top five favorite tag teams. It doesn't uh, have to be like the favorite. Like just name five of your favorite tag teams that we've okay. seen. America's Most Wanted. Okay. Um, Swinger and Diamond. Okay. I'll say Team Canada. It seems vague, but I. Okay. If you made me pick, if you made me pick two Team Canada, I feel like well, Rude and Young have been having the good tag team matches. I feel like. Right. Um, I just had another one. I like I like Cash and Hoyt, Cash Dallas. Okay, that's four. Hold on, let me think about this one. The Harris, but no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I know what you're getting at. What am uh, I getting at? That I'm probably gonna think of someone besides Three Live Crew. What's another? You're, mi- you're you're missing at least three teams that I could say fit. Really? Yeah. Oh, um, Rainbow Express. That is five, but that's not who I was talking about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what about wait. the? What, are, are you gonna say it or what? You, uh, come you, up you go. Give me what you're thinking of. Okay, the New Church. Oh fuck. The Naturals. Oh damn it! <laughs> damn it! Wait, no, I love, I like them better. <laughs> and then, um, damn it. The the greatest five week tag team ever of D'Lo Brown and AJ Styles. Now no, I thought about that one, but I was yeah Triple X, dude. Oh <laughs> my god, no, that's so embarrassing. I'm deleting this whole section. <laughs> it's gonna be silence for three minutes. It's BG James takes down Levesque. I really like White and Cash. Fucking over Daniels. And no, Smith. I would take yeah. out. So I said the Rainbow Express is a joke at the that's end. That's a joke, I, obviously. Yeah. But I couldn't think of another one, but. Who did I say? America's okay. So let me redo this. America's most wanted. <laughs> the Naturals Triple X. I mean, you, yes, of course. The Diamond uh, Swinger. Diamond Swinger and probably Team Canada. Then I'm still no New Church. Oh wait, um, take out Team Canada. I want New Church. Okay. Which New Church? That's a better question. Um, probably Brian Lee and Slash. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, what would be the other one? Sin and Slash. Fucking sin. Yeah. Fucking Sin yeah. and Slash. I don't want to see a guy that. And isn't it? Storm. Well, there's Devin Storm. Devin Storm and Slash. Devin Storm and Slash was good. Yeah. Axe kick, axe kick. That was a really shitty looking egg kick. I'm sorry. That was good. But those were the cover on David Young. Dude. Five minutes on the fucking dot, baby. Beware. Coming for you. It's the remix. Three. Look at everyone with their shoes. Bob, fuck you. Is dude. that a thing? Oh, fuck my God. you, Bob. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> taking their shoes off because Conan did. It's over. Oh, Fuck you for hating it. Look at them all. God, that is so stupid. Nope. They could, like... get, they could get a fungus infection on the bottom of their feet. Who knows how when the floor has been cleaned last? No. You, Bob is officially And it's Florida. Raw. They're probably all barefoot. Well, probably right about that. Wow, dude. I can't believe everyone with their shoe off. I'm telling you right now. Oh, production era. Oh, wait. San Juan, Puerto Rico. Let's get yeah. a look at this. Are they going to show Borash being the douchebag that caused the match or no? Because he's introducing it as a babyface, right? In San Juan here. 
It's the final justice show. That's what the name that Bob, I don't know how to say correctly uh, translates to. Abyss was there. Oh, wow. Team Canada fought uh, AMW for the titles here as well. Hmm. Look how far away the ring is from. I, that's why I hate baseball stadium shows. Yeah. Um, I, I'll add that there is 8,900 fans at this show. And they drew um, $110,000 of the gate. That's a good number. Oh, see, they don't show uh, Borash screwing. No, uh, of course not. Which is funny. Oh, here we go. Top five steel cage moments. Okay, Skipper Walk. What happened to five? Wait a second. Okay, well, we got number four. The Tower of Doom at Turning Point. Why do they go to four? It's a top five. You didn't get five. Dude, that's right. funny as fuck. Oh, that's weird. A Tower of Doom. That was, okay, whatever. I don't even care. Number one would be Skipper walking the cage. Number two should probably be the death sentence. Mm. Number three would be when D'Lo fell off the side of the cage and almost died. That's all I can think of. Like they're talking about the former partners. They had a bond that was so strong. They had to walk out. I thought, to a steel cage. I thought they had to win like by pin. Oh, maybe not anymore. Oh, a video package to detail the history of the Falling Angel. Let's see, what do I got for you during this video package, Bob? Hit me uh, with it. Um, well, more Puerto Rico, uh, Mexican lucha stuff. More shocker is what I'm getting at here. Uh, he apparently will be appearing at Lockdown, uh, but he might not be at the uh, hard, hard Justice on May 15th because Antonio Pena is going to ask uh, when he comes in for Shocker to work Triple Mania. That's the same date. Um, and he wants him to work in the main event. So mm. we'll see. Um, let's see. Uh, I guess I can tell you about someone who's not coming back. Um, Roddy Piper, while promoting the TV show Celebrity Wrestling on ITV in the UK, said that he had signed a five-year WWE contract, which officially means that he's done with TNA. So, unfortunately, the championship committee is going to need a new member. Um, originally he did tell Jeff Jarrett he was only going to do Mania and then he'd be back after that, but that's clearly not the case. Well, this is weird primetime you look skipper thing. Oh, here we go. Look at them walking the cage from this angle. Fucking wild. Another person not coming back, Bob, or probably not coming back. It's Jimmy Hart. Um, because he also signed a five-year deal, $10,000 merchandising deal with uh, WWE. So. We never really saw him. I know. He was, just he was working backstage, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, but because it's of a five-year 10 grand? Yeah. What kind of deal is that? 
doesn't sound that great to me, but uh, it doesn't. Pre- his deal doesn't prevent him to work on wrestling shows for other groups, um, but they does give WWE exclusive merchandising rights. So that's a little bit different for him. Uh, but. Well, so he could still be like a producer or something if he wanted to. Be. Oh, this highlight package is still going on, guys. That's why I'm just pumping out notes for you. No, I tell you what you need to do. Say your prayers. When I deliver my gospel at lockdown, it'll be at your expense, I think he said, but he said it very quietly, and I couldn't really hear him. I think you're right. I want to see another top top four cage match moment. Oh, dude, fuck yeah, the graphics are back. Prime time, baby, versus Christopher Daniels. Prime time, even though he's going back to Elix Skipper, too. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. What do I know? Uh, I feel like we're going to get another video package here. Oh, maybe not. Dusty the Lone Rose. Star. The Prince of Darkness death match this Sunday. Look at how they're zooming oh, out. So, something's someone's walking over. Oh, I fuck. Knew. Oh, wow. I'd be rude with a chair shot to the head. Oh, the chair shot. You didn't even tell us what the death match was. Yeah, they haven't explained that at all yet, I don't think. Oh, shit. Oh. Waffled him again. He's threatening security, too. Oh, here's AMW. Do they not look cool as fuck with those jackets on or what? Yeah, they do. I love those jackets. Yeah, that was a pretty brutal one. <laughs> Dustin Rose. Oh, I like how the cameraman knew that Bobby Roode was coming up, but nobody else did. Yeah, I know. He backed up like 10 seconds before it even was happening. Is he even going to be able to? What's going to happen at lockdown? Maybe he also has a movie in Hollywood that he's got to go to. They're writing a lockdown. West trying to check on him. Is he going to be able to reign over Bobby Roode at lockdown? Be careful, Don. I don't want him having to you know, roll down the aisleway or something. Like you did at the park. <laughs> I can't believe what's going on here. It's really milking this. <laughs> Some girl is shocked. There's Don Harris. That's our first appearance of Don Harris we've seen. Oh, fuck it. Here come the Nastrals. A tag team that Dallas completely forgot about. That's great. Which is one of my favorite TNA teams. How the fuck? I know. You love the natural disaster. I was thinking. Chris Candido in a wheelchair. With Tim Welch. No, it's Lawyer Daggett. Yeah, right. Daggett. 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 Look at at, Oh, my God. (laughs) The face. He's inflating his cheeks. That is so funny, dude. Is comedic gold right here. He looks terrified. He's wincing. This is great. 
We don't know if we could get him to the hospital fast enough. He was shaking. He couldn't stand. Uh, oh, Chase fighting and Mason was wanted. Oh wow! Uh, Chase Stevens' hair, by the way, is like almost fully um, brown. He's like stopped bleaching it. It looks like at this point. Oh yeah. It's got some tips at the end there still, but it's definitely grown out. Like this is the longest his hair's been. So America's was wanted, uh, whipping them against the guardrails. We're starting off in classic fashion here, brawling around ringside. Can't really complain about it. It's always fun. Um, Emergence wanted uh, the first team I said, and the Naturals, um, the team I forgot, <laughs> which is just crazy to me. I was just waiting for you to be like, "Oh, the Naturals," and then I was like, "Wait a minute, why is he not saying the Naturals?" Dude, I freaking love the Naturals too. I'm so mad at myself. I can't wait if we uh, if we interview Chase Stevens down the line. I'll have to uh, bring that up. Like, hey Chase, yeah, well, maybe, I had, maybe I had Dallas, Bob would DM him. Maybe I, uh, Bob would DM him. You never told me to do it. Our friend did. Yeah, friend did. But I'm saying you, you're the one that has to like, you know, give me permission. I do not. Yeah, he did. Bob's making it seem like I'm like contr- super controlling over this podcast, <sighs> which is not the truth. Well, I okay. Well, I just wanted to read Dusty's book from beginning to end on here. And you were like, nope, nope. We can't sit through 238 pages and Bob reads at a fourth grade level. So it'll probably take a few days. Give me a break. We'll do a bonus episode. <laughs> Bob reads The American Dream. It's only 17 chapters. It'll take me just over two weeks. A chapter a day. Hey, James Storm, you can't you can't put you can't punch a guy in a wheelchair. Okay, that that's common knowledge here. Uh oh. Oh, Harris just throws Douglas face first onto the ramp. It's painful. Storm clubbing away on Stevens. Has this match even officially started? I guess it I, has. The clock's going. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. The clock is going. They must have just rang the bell immediately. Yeah, but weren't they brawling? They haven't been in the ring. No. That's weird. Doug was begging off, please no. And then he just kicks him right in the nuts. That's great. No more, please. Please don't hurt me no more. Rolls him back into the ring. James Storm doing the same to Stevens. That should be disqualification. Take a quick commercial break as AMW finally has two-on-one control over Andy Douglas. And we come back to Chris Candido still in the wheelchair. Oh, oh. And look, the... uh... Sides have switched here. Uh, Chase Stevens choking James Storm. Today says that Candido is milking the situation. Who is he to say that? I know. Douglas now in the match. He's got a uh, abdominal stretch on the canvas here. 
history in the making this sunday night and yes you can listen to the uh, it's not a sunday for us but in just two days lockdown covering april 24th on monday if you're listening to this on uh saturday saturday yeah you're the one that publishes them hip toss by storm snap power slam catching douglas in midair uh in case you are watching along with us we are uh, 22 minutes and 28 seconds into the show. Yeah, we're flying by, baby. Our go-home show before our big main event match. What else is going to happen? Is Kevin Nash going to get held back by 20 security guards again? Look at that. Spinning and Douglas around with a nice left-hand punch. Irish whip. Andy Douglas counters. He comes back, and okay, that almost broke his neck. Um, yeah. Harris gave him a neck breaker, and he whips him. Oh, he gets kicked in the head. And he tags in Chase Stevens, who then goes right after Chris Harris, but Chris Harris throws him off the top, and he hits Andy Douglas off the apron. And Irish whip. He counters. Comes back. Ducks the clothesline, though. Huge leaping. Left lariat. Douglas does a somersault um, sell there after jumping off the top rope. He gets punched in the midsection. Harris has Stevens over the shoulder. Another power slam. One. To Douglas casually shoves him. That breaks the count. And now all four men are in there. James Storm hammering away on Douglas. Clotheslines him to the floor. Jawbreaker by Stevens. This has got to set up for the death sentence. Oh, Oh, no. Sudden death. No. No. Eight-second ride. No. Oh, Irish whip up and over in the corner. Chase Stevens' uh, chest hits. Ducks the clothesline. Super kick by James Storm. And you know what that means. Put him up. Put him up. Pop, 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 pop. Oh, fuck. Oh. Oh, it's a miracle. Chris Candido is walking. He's he's rolled in the ring. This is a miracle. I cannot believe this. I was just about to say, what if he stood up right now? Oh, shit. Catatonic. Catatonic. <laughs> but Candido clotheslines Harris. Stevens, he used the cast. Stevens is on top. Oh, and I didn't Stevens see the cast. Wins. Yeah, he had his arm in a sling. Uh, dude, him. add the naturals into that match. Make it a three-way for the title. What a huge win. And then I love this. I love Candido being in a wheelchair, helping his team win. And he goes right back to sitting down and being like, I'm injured. That was good. But he's smirking. And he's like, I'm so smart. I didn't notice the cast, so that was that was really good. These people sitting next to him are not amused. No, they're not. But I think that was fucking great. Yeah, I like that. That was really good. See, we're back from commercial here. We see more of our cage moments. We've seen one. Yeah, I know. Count down from five. We started at four. And we're almost we're over halfway through the show. Every single match, Bob. Yeah, what is that? What's the Prince of Darkness? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Styles and Abyss. In the winner, fights at Hard Justice. Oh. Let's check out this main event headline matchup. Oh. The Lethal Lockdown. Okay, so they just said Lethal Lockdown is the main event. Yeah. 
Um, I got two more notes for you, Bob, so I'll say it during this highlight package. Um, the outlaw, Billy Gunn, he was on the on Get In The Ring radio, and uh, apparently he was very upset about some stuff, but really, we only have a brief note that relates to us about this. Um, he suggested that he didn't care about the name change because all the fans came to see him and not his name. I said he was shocked when WWE released him because he'd always been under the impression that uh, after he'd be done, he was going to be an ag- agent. Huh. Um, but he kind of talks shit, but he won't say about who. He just says the three-letter guy. So you can think about who that is if you want. Triple H. BKM. Triple H. Yeah. HBK. Yeah. Well, the three-letter guy. Um, and then my final note here, I might as well just tell you now. Randy Orton, RKO. No, that's not, that's not. Uh, my final note, as noted last week, uh, about Sanjay Dutt. Well, he has agreed to return on April 18th. So it's official, Sanjay Dutt, he's coming back. Oh, wow. And that is everything I got for you on today's show. Uh, we get to enjoy this main event and what else happens. That's gonna be awkward. Show. They're like, "Hey, three months ago, you're fired," and then they're like, "Hey, you want to come back?" And he's just no, like, I don't sure. think they. He was under contract. Well, regardless, you, we're not, not gonna fired. bring you back in. That's not fired. Yeah, you know, it makes me want like think about uh, Ring of Honor and like guys would email and be, "Hey, am I getting booked?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And then like they, there comes a day where they just stop emailing you back. I wonder how like devastating that is. Yeah, and maybe it's sad. It's got to be pretty, like, shitty. Lethal lockdown. Here's the There's the picture right there. So time. Main event time. We've been waiting two weeks for this. Here comes the monster abyss's tag team partner. Here comes Jeff Hardy. Uh, I have some indie notes here, too. Um, at least I think I do for AJ, do I? Uh, well, I guess I lied. I don't have any for AJ. But I do for Raven, who is match. Uh, on April 9th, Raven lost to Lex Levette. For the NWA Southern Heavyweight Championship for NWA Florida, the war on I-4 mm. in Tampa, Florida. Uh, is there anybody else on that show that I know? Let's see. Probably not. I like that Jeff Hardy's hands are completely covered in paint and his forehead. Yeah, he's just giving up. Oh, There's 3,000 fans at this show. Wow. He just threw the V1 sign up. I mean, he usually does, but it means a little bit more since Matt Hardy's yeah. fired, you know? Yeah. Also on that show, Mikey Batts defeated Roderick Strong for the NWA, what the fuck? for retain the NWA Florida X Division Championship. 
there's probably 3,000 fans at the show because the main event featured Jerry Lawler taking on a guy named Bruce Steele. But we know Bruce Steele. Yeah, I know. That's why I said for a guy known as Bruce Steele. Hmm. 3,000 fans, that's a, that's a big number for an uh, indie show. Uh, I'm assuming, I doubt that Jeff Hardy has any because the guy doesn't like to take bookings. Jeez Louise, when is this guy? The bell has rung 30-minute time limit. I think it was a title match. No. Uh, uh, Abyss has a few here. This is on the 22nd night. So he was obviously, as we noted before, he was in that Puerto Rico uh, trip. And on April 14th, he fought Jean-Pierre Lafitte to a double countout on night one of that finale. I mentioned the six-man tag where he teamed with Miguel Perez and Abad, losing to Team Canada and Jean-Pierre Lafitte in night two. And then night three, Abyss teamed with Invader number one to lose to Mr. Big and Sabio Vega on April 16th. And the last one saw Abyss retain the NWA Iowa Heavyweight Championship when he defeated Larry Sweeney at the NWA No Limits Wrestling slash IWA Mid-South one-year anniversary weekend night one in Burlington, Iowa. And that is your indie notes for the day. Wow, wow, wow. Styles hammering away on AJ. Or on Abyss, excuse me. Clotheslines Abyss over the top, two of the floor. Abyss is pissed. That's what that's what that's for you. That's what you get, Abyss, for yelling at women. Yeah, we're gonna fight now because of that. He was raving with a skirt on, and he uh, comes off the ropes, and there's no other drop salt, drop kick of sorts, spin kick. Styles laying in those forearms on Raven. Stomps and chops in the corner. Another forearm. Abyss. AJ Styles. April 24th. We get a little reminder. We are 32 minutes, 37 seconds into this show. Irish whip into the corner. Hurt his back a little bit. He's down on his knees. Free preview show, Bob. 7.30 Eastern. Oh, oh look at that. Slingshot leg drop by Styles under Raven over the middle rope. He landed on the apron. Styles? Uh, springboard? No. Oh. oh! This stopped AJ there, sweeping his legs, and then he falls to the floor. And then Jeff tried to get in, so the ref got distracted. So now Abyss is taking control here. Whips Styles against the uh, ring steps. Wow, wow, wow. This is turned a full 180. Do you think these guys could go 26, over 26 minutes? Nope. <laughs> I don't know if Raven's ever wrestled for a half hour before. He'd run out of stuff to do, I think. How many discus clotheslines do you think he'd do? Seven. 
How many times do you think he'd go to the middle rope and press his knee against somebody's back and then fall down to the canvas? Uh, he'll do that less, but he'd do a lot of drop toe holds. Drop toe, yeah, for sure. How many arm taunt, taunts do you think he'd do? Uh, at least, at least four of those. He'll try to hit the ring and effect at least, um, at least six times. Only hit it maybe twice. Um, one will be uh, someone will break up the pin, and the other one um, could potentially be the finish. Um, if not, then they just kick out. Big clothesline off the rope by Raven, knocking Styles down. One, two, no. Andrew Thomas cannot count to three. That's a no for me, dog. Inside cradle, shocker. One, two, no. Kick out. Another clothesline by Raven. And Abyss returns to the contest. Abyss and Raven working well together. Gotta love it. Clubbing away on AJ over the back with a forearm strike. We're going to take a commercial break quick. Say, Bob, so we're 25. We're about to be on the dot when we go to commercial. Yep, 25.01. Come back, 22.22. So just about, what, two and a half minutes? Pop up. Look at that. Boom. That's freaking huge, bro. He's 6'8". He threw him way overhead, though. So that dude went up and down pretty, 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 pretty good. Oh, Raven doing a little face wash. DJ Styles in the corner. Knocks Joe Hardy off the apron. I miss when Raven and Abyss hated each other. Yeah. I mean, no. it, oh, here's the tip. There we See, go. It, it does make sense for them to be together because they are both like dark characters and yeah. just fits. Okay, so Raven has set up a table against the guardrail, like just leaned up against the guardrail. He wants Abyss to press slam styles from the ring to the table. Or powerbomb, apparently. Oh, fuck, dude. No way. No way. Imagine? There's no way. They, th- this would have been in the highlight reels if you did it. Oh, it was almost like a razor's edge, but it just slipped out. Kicks on the side of the head. Raven. Don't worry, Raven gets the tag back, but so does Jeff Hardy. Oh, wait, he's not there. <laughs> Insecurity to Raven. Come on, Jeff. Get on the apron. There you go. Jeff Hardy, clean house. He's not seemingly motivated. That sling blade was kind of uh, slow. Yeah. Drop breaker. Maybe because he knows that Matt Hardy might be coming in. He's not motivated. Right. <clears throat> oh, 
Styles just launched himself off of Hardy's back to the floor, but Abyss caught him, slammed him against the ring post. Now Hardy's going after Raven. And boom, huge splash by Abyss. On accident. This is his partner. Right. Abyss is knocked out of the ring. Is Hardy about to go for the twist of fate? Calls for it. Hits it. And he hits it. One, two. Abyss breaks the cover. Should have known. Uh-oh. Black hole slam. No way. He ain't gonna pin him. Oh, AJ with a springboard splash to the back of Abyss to break up the cover. Okay, Styles gonna go to hit the Styles clash on Abyss, but no Raven with a drop kick to his head. Well, unusual for him. Okay, he's going after Hardy now. It looks like we may see a little double team. He's holding Hardy. Abyss grabbed the chain. Strapsing it. He's wrapping it really good around his fist. Okay, you got to go off the rope, of course. Oh. Oh, he hit AJ. Because AJ pushed Hardy and Raven out of the way. And oh, he ended on a DQ. That's lame. Man. The crowd's like, boo. Raven affected Raven Jeff Hardy. Raven by Raven. Oh, I thought this was going to get the table. I think it's a chair. Can you wedge it in? Uh, he always struggles with this. Raven's like, take your chain, I'll do the chair. What is it that's going to do with the chain? Styles is in the same corner as the chair. That might not be smart. Oh! oh. Right, he's oh. whipped him over the chest with the chain. Oh my God. Oh. oh! Okay. Hardy got thrown out of the ring through the table. So that's Raven. Dude, Raven just won. And Abyss yeah. has the upper hand. He's tied the chain around Styles' throat. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> he pulled him into the steel chair. We'll probably see that spot again at the pay-per-view. I don't know, dude. Gonna have a cage. Yeah, you can just pull him into the cage, into the chair. Security's too busy holding back Kevin Nash to stop this brutal beatdown on Hardy and Styles right now. Yeah. In just two days, are these guys going to be okay enough to even be at the pay-per-view? Because the security guy is trying really hard to get him out of the ring, but this seems pretty proud of himself. Jeff Hardy's knocked out, struggling to get to his feet. <sighs> AJ's probably still knocked out too, right? Yeah, dude, they're done. Oh, they're going to stretch it for AJ. Oh, but he doesn't really want it. Well, too bad. Yeah, he's not feeling that. You got to do the stretcher job to promote your main event. 
Uh-oh. I'm just trying to come back. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He's getting through. He's getting through. Barely even choking him. AJ is fighting back with some forearms. Oh, it's choking abyss. It's choking a chuck. And that's how we go off the air. All right. Well, Dallas, how did you feel about that one? Uh, I think it was a good episode, but I, and I feel like match wise, like on paper and stuff, everything sounded better, but I still kind of like last week's a little bit better. Um, but I guess I was just excited to see Kevin Ash get held back like seven times. I do think it was a good end to build up those two matches. Um, I mean, Rude, and, Rude and Dustin got a little bit of spotlight, even America's was wanted yeah. and stuff. I mean, there's a lot there. So I'd say thumbs up. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I think I enjoyed last week's better. No, I think I did too. It just felt like it flew by. Yeah. But it was a good show. Um, but the big show is next week, Bob. Or Sorry, two days. It's not even next week. Two freaking That's days. That's the best part about uh, our format is uh, we don't have to wait. No. It's in, it's in two no. days. Uh, it's going to be a very exciting show. Um, us covering Lockdown 2005. Really, really excited as Bob has noted. So I think it's been a great time. And I hope everyone comes and joins us because this is the last of like the, the really big ones I was really looking forward to. Now there's plenty of good ones left. Plenty. Right. But, but my, some of my favorites we're finally getting to get into that. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, probably like the rest of the year pay-per-view wise. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's such a good year. And then next year is there's some really great stuff coming too. So, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a pay per view later this year that um, is a five star match. I mean, so we got stuff coming up. Yeah. No, absolutely. All right. Well, our next episode is Lockdown 2005, April 24th, where there are going to be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's right. Eight, eight steel cage matches. Six sides of steel. Eight of them. Eight of them. So if you like cage matches, the next week's show is going to be for you. Yeah. So let's close out this week and get ready for some lockdown. So until then, for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Conning Jr. And this has been the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. To the top, modest at the top, straight to the top, but then keep heading up. Stars shine, but why we shouldn't give up about what is real and how real is still the only way to feel the pain that sometimes feels in a way that survives the struggles we face in this life. There's a lot of time can't erase, showcase. Skills you were given at birth Live your life here for what it's worth Show off the style you perfect in life Show off the way to make it right Make it To the top of malprobation Rule it Until you feel there's nothing more for you to do Or say None of you better get in my way Coming down If you do, you'll be back on level to the top.
features that keep your head up high. I am a star that shines for white. We should give a puff about life and the way we live both day and night. We are the world's humorous sails. Let's keep in laughing to save ourselves in a way that can read our planet's face. In this life, there's a lot time can't erase. Showcase the skills you were given at birth. Live your life and for what it's worth. Show off the style you perfect the life. Show off the way to make it right. Make it to the top of Mount Probation. Pass the top. 